Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about the rules of selling your investments. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right. We are back with another episode of the Ask Philip podcast. And today we're going to do the weekly market recap with some investment ideas. And I think the most important market recap for the week is the price of Bitcoin. Right. The, the, I got two points, but the price of Bitcoin moved over $50,000. I think as of as of my last check, we're somewhere between... 53,000 and 55,000. Um, when I woke up, it was about 55,000 or so. Um, and so that is that is great news for the Bitcoin holders. Uh, and it's good news for those who don't own Bitcoin because, you know, you, you, you are not too late, right? Side note, I know some people still think, but I don't have $54,000, so I can't invest in Bitcoin. Each Bitcoin is divisible by 100 million Satoshis, meaning... Uh, you can buy a fraction of a Bitcoin simply, so you can have five bucks and buy you uh, buy you some Bitcoin. So, so don't let the, the 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 false narratives fool you. But the price is up. A couple of things probably pushing the price up. Uh, a is just like it was in a bear market for a long period of time. Uh, B, you have the debt ceiling being pat, you know, being uh, and I'll talk about that in more detail. But the the, the debt ceiling um, being passed, so we know more stimulus is coming, which means. Uh, uh, more printing of the money, which means more devaluation of the dollar relative to other asset classes, um, and you and you have this going around like all around the world. You have Twitter who enabled Lightning. For those who follow me on Twitter, ask underscore Philip. I have like I now have my Twitter enabled. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you know this on Twitter now. You can have on there where people can tip you. And using Cash App, using the Lightning Network on Bitcoin, you can put it at the top of your Twitter profile. People just click on it and just send you money on Twitter, right? So Twitter enabled that through Lightning. You have El Salvador. You have a lot of other things like the um, Bitcoin Network. That Bitcoin had this Taproot update, which is basically like a software update where it allowed for smart contracts uh, on Bitcoin to be built on top of Bitcoin. So you have. Uh, lots of other developers like Stacks and a couple and a few others that are building smart contracts on top of Bitcoin. Which, if you don't, if you are a crypto nerd, then you know like the big thing for Ethereum is the ability to, to do smart contracts. And smart contracts, think of them like like contracts that could be uh, automated. So if you and somebody has a have a contract, you know, verbal or written, that's a contract. Smart contracts on the blockchain are um, the ability to do that, but but have an algorithm that uh, executes and fulfills contracts. You know, based on Conditions being met, uh, which allows you to build cool things like DeFi and NFTs and all that kind of on the on other blockchains. Now Bitcoin has that enabled, and the ecosystem is building and raising and and, and building um, and getting money for that. Um, you also have the city of Miami, which you know took their stake in Miami Coin, which is a 
one of these smart contract platforms built on top of Bitcoin, right? Which which allows you to I did I did an episode on it, but it allows you to in a way, you know, place bets on cities, right? And and put your money where your mouth is if you wanted to help city cities raise projects and do different things. So you have a lot of stuff that's been happening in Bitcoin over the summertime that wasn't re- maybe maybe wasn't reflected in the price because of the downside pressure of all the negative news and it, and if you think about it like I've been a I've been owning Facebook stock for a while and a big thing that I love about Facebook stock is Facebook stock has basically been getting shit on for like five years straight <laughs> you know four years straight um, when, when did Trump when did Trump win the election 2016 right so it's going on like five years straight Facebook's been getting shit on. And it just keeps growing at forty percent a year as a stock, right? It, it doesn't it doesn't move down that much. And so, if if you want to know, like there there's like what I'm trying to say, like next level stuff in investing that um, you know I sometimes forget to share that I want to start sharing more. But it's things like that where you look at it and you say, okay, if if there's a solid investment whether it be Facebook being the best advertising product on the planet at the moment or Bitcoin being a rules-based monetary system that stops the abuse that happens in our current system. And a ton of negative news doesn't kill the price that much, you know, relative to negative news. Like that is a huge buying signal. I like to give you the, the image of like, think of if you push a ball underwater and you hold it there, it's going to stay there for as long as you hold it. And the further you push it, you know, the 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 more violent it's going to come back out whenever you let it go, right? And that's that's how you, you look at investment. So as Bitcoin is getting pummeled by the China the China ban, right? First it was the miners, then it was the China ban, then it was, you know, before that it was the clean energy fund, and it was every attack. You know, even even the IMF got in there. That's the suspicion, right? When when El Salvador adopted it and was trying to manipulate and dump the price, right? Again, nobody knows that for sure, but. You know, there were some price actions that people speculate that that was that was just non-natural, right, to, to mess up things. But you had all these negative, like the whole world conspired against Bitcoin and the price didn't drop that much, you know, and you had all these positive developments still happening. Like the, the, the demand for Bitcoin from investors that are, you know, that are looking for places to put their money away from money printing, like didn't stop. If you talk to all the the, the digs and the people that are onboarding money into Bitcoin and listen to the podcast, like money was coming in, things were just happening. And so, um, you know, uh, it was only a matter of time before that price um, began to pick up because now all the FUD has been absorbed and um, looking like it's time for some action. So um, things are things are looking good. Uh, let's go to the debt ceiling. Right. I, I kind of briefly mentioned that debt ceiling got uh, approved by the Senate. Um, and and just so you understand about the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling is never like an issue. It's more like theater, right? They're they're gonna they're gonna do it. It's just more the party that's not in power wants to save face and say, "Oh, we did all that we can," you know. But we're like, we talking about like this is like you're gonna approve it. You're not gonna not approve it. Like if if you don't approve it, <laughs> y'all's paychecks and pensions stop. Like just selfish. Like one good thing about humans is you just track the incentives. If you know what a human's incentives are then you know what they're going to do for like 99.9% of the time. And so uh, they were not going to let the debt ceiling not happen because it would hurt their constituents. You know, it would hurt their money. Um, it just it just hurts a lot. And so it's going to get passed. It's just theater, right? Um, and the news likes it because people watch it and they worry. And the news likes to to build up negative stuff. But just it was it's a non-issue. So let's get to the main topic. How to know when to sell uh, an investment. And uh, my philosophy on it 
is you there, there's two things you look at when you're investing. There's like the fundamentals and then there's technicals, right? Fundamentals are you, you're looking at like what's the economic situation, uh, the company, like what's its competitive advantage? You know, the, the, the valuation, there's different ways to do valuations, but it's like the 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 real stuff that you look at. And then you have technicals, which is just price action, looking on a chart or or, or using statistics. And so fundamentals are not great for timing. And technicals are better for timing. And so what I like to do is combine them. And so when I'm investing, I'm looking for something that's going to be on a trend, a long-term trend, something like five, 10-year trend when I want to own it. But I also want to own it when, you know, uh, when the technicals are showing that it's it's a good buy, right? So if, it, if, it's, if the fundamentals are right, but the technicals are right, I don't know if I really want to own it um, or I don't want to own a lot of it if I do own it. But once that lines up, okay, then I want to own it, and then and then I'll own it until I'll own it until the fundamentals go away. But then I own it past that period of time, and I'll let the technicals dictate when I decide to sell it. And I, and I, and there's lots of different technicals that I use, but here's three simple technical rules you can look at that I like to use. You know, once the fundamentals are are out of whack, and let me give an example for fundamentals. For those who who might be wondering, right? We 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 may look at something like um, like if if I were trading Ethereum, right, at the current moment, which I'm not. I don't own. I, don't, I mean, I own it. A fund that I own owns, but I don't own any Ethereum outright. But if I were trading Ethereum, and let me also preface, even though I know how to trade it, I don't. You can choose not to trade because you think just. I think just putting the money in Bitcoin and not having the time is going to uh, do me wonders because if I mess the timing up then I mess up my returns. And, and these rules are not uh, perfect. They give you a better chance of being right than wrong. But if, if it were perfect, then I can make a lot of money, right? But So these are just rules to use. So let's say I'm trading Ethereum, right? The, the fundamental case for Ethereum is um, it's, it's the uh, layer that the crypto industry in general are using to build applications in the crypto space. And, and it's the, in, uh, in the currency, Ether, is the currency to uh, um, to give you the ability to create the apps, right? You need the tokens to be able to create the apps. It's kind of like a, 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 a right to be able to create the apps on the Ethereum platform. And so so that's what Ethereum is. And then you have, which that, that necessarily doesn't move the fundamental price up. What, what, what's moving the fundamental price up at the current moment, outside of like just normal adoption and network effects of the network growing, is this East 2.0, right? Which basically... Those who stake and lock their money up, and, I, and if you want to figure out what staking is, like Google, ask Philip what is staking. It'll pull the episode up, but you'll um, you put up money to secure the network, right? So staking, you you put up money, you secure the network, and then you're going to get rewarded. Think of it kind of like um, it's it's not exactly the same, but to but to to keep it simple, right? Think of it like a, a government issues bonds, right, to pay their bills. And people put up money; they get interest for it. That's that's similar to what staking is. So they're saying, "Hey, we're building this economy, and we need and we and East 2.0 requires so much money to make it work. So if you put up money and you lock it up, right, with 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 the with the uh, protocol, then you'll get rewarded, um, you know, some interest and some more ETH over time. And so there's a lockup period that happens where you can't. Um, you won't be able to take out your money on the on the main market in Ethereum. Now, side note, there are secondary markets in the background that you can end up doing it, but that's 
that's super complex. Nobody's really doing that. They're, they're locking it up uh, for that period of time. And then once e, e 2.0 goes live, they'll be able to unlock it and get their money back out. But what's happening is if you look at ETH, right, there's only like 11% of the ETH on the marketplace. So it's a small supply of ETH on the marketplace like right now. Uh, and everybody's locking it up. So so if you if you understand like finance and math, you're like, oh, that's a that's at the moment a decent trade because supply and demand. There's no supply, right? And the demand of ETH when you look at the onboarding and people coming in and all that kind of stuff is is increasing. And so that creates a price squeeze, which causes prices to go up. And so the fundamental is there's a lot of supply and demand pressure for the price to go up. So goodbye, right? Now the 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 fundamental case goes away, close to when two point ETH two point comes out or after it comes out, right? Because then you know, all right, that price pressure went away. You know, the massive one in the short term, um, and then and then you start looking for technicals, right? So if we hit ETH two that passes, and a lot, and you know, some, and, and if a lot of folks didn't exit in that secondary market, which maybe they will, maybe they won't. Then you then I start looking to sell, right? I'll start to say, okay, now let me look at my technical price signals, you know, once E2.0 is out, right? And that and that I like to look at three things, right? One of them is the 200 day moving average, which is the average price of the asset over the last 200 days. And so what I do is um, if if the price gets somewhere around two times the 200 day moving average or above, then that is like that means we're likely in a parabolic up move, right? So, you know, is it's it's manic buying, right? And and I like to sell into manic buying because it's super liquid, right? The the, the problem with doing that is it can go from two times set moving average to like five, and you miss a lot of money. But you got to you got to be comfortable missing a lot of money, right? Because you're like, cool, I'm gonna get out on the way up. If you don't want to do that and you want to extend your time in, uh, and 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 you know, wait a little longer. You can just sell when it drops below the 200-day moving average, right? So if, if the price drops below the 200-day moving average, right, which means the ratio is less than one, that's another selling point. If you want to extend it out further, then then you sell when the 50-day moving average drops below the 200-day moving average, right? That that keeps you in longer. But these are kind of the first one is a quick out, and you're gonna miss the money on the top. The second one is a quicker uh, or a longer out than the first one. And then the third is a, is one of the longer way outs, and then you could choose based on, you know, uh, how much risk you know you want to take. For me, I like to I like to maybe kind of break it up into twos. Maybe I'll sell half on the first one, right? Or maybe a third on the first one, a third on the second one, third third on the third one. However, you want, depend. It, it depends on your gains, other investment opportunities, right? The actual fundamentals, right? There's no hardcore rules because you kind of it's kind of like playing a sport or playing basketball, right? Or or even, I like, you know, some doing Muay Thai now, it's kind of like fighting. Like, if you were to ask me, what do I do in the situation? Well, it depends. You know what I'm saying? Is their guard down? What are their tendencies, right? That's like, um, but these are just kind of things to look out for. And so uh, I hope that helps somebody who's thinking about this. I'm not saying trade Ethereum. I'm not trading it. I think the better route is to just to put as much money in Bitcoin as possible. And I can hold it through a down cycle because the Bitcoin fundamentals are showing like a big five-year run, right? Not some short-term lockup period um, where it's a good trade. So y'all enjoy the rest of your week until Monday. Uh, yeah, have a good one. Hey, hey, hey.
If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.